0: to the Crash Chords Podcast. We got a special night tonight. We're on the road for the first time. John, shut up. I didn't say anything yet. Um, we had to go over the bridge. We did have to go over the bridge. Well, actually, I was in Long Island already. Um, sidetracking already. We have a special podcast tonight. It's an evening with the Wasties, our first time recording with a full band. There'll be performances. We'll get to know the band a bit. I know I've mentioned them before, um, so we might as well just get right into it. So I'm going to have all of the band members introduce themselves we Will start to my right and go down the line. <clears throat> Hi,
1: I'm Robert. I play in way too many bands.
2: I'm Noam. I play mandolin in the Wasties. I was a medic in the IDF.
3: And you didn't. <laughs> and he didn't silence his phone. Oh. And the phone goes off. It's uh, all right. He's officially Noam. We had one, one, role. Yeah, role. one <laughs> We had
1: one. You didn't
4: find one job. had one job. anyway now as I silence my phone because I didn't forget at all (laughs)
3: moving on down the line hi I'm Sarah I sing and play baron and a tiny bit of guitar with the Wasties I'm also in nerd cabaret and I'm a ginger and I just like everyone to know that hi
5: I'm Molly I sometimes play bass and mostly sing and sometimes play the baron too but I'm a fake ginger we don't judge whatever
0: I'm Alex, so I'm the drummer. And I too play in many bands. Too many. And he likes ice cream, as we can tell. Sherbert! <laughs> ah. uh, obviously, clearly, there's a difference. There, there is server. a big difference. A I, know, big I, difference know, I, know, I know, I know, I know, I know. One being, you know, ice cream. <laughs> Can we spend the next uh, fifteen minutes? I, I, know, I would, I would like to outline the differences. Can we not hour? have an entire podcast about sherbet? I think
5: that's, that would be great. It's,
0: a no, it's not a bad tangential <laughs> podcast. Don't you know,
1: now. I mean, I was gonna say, who's ever heard of a fruit flavored ice cream? But then I'm like, oh, strawberry. Black <laughs> duh. That's not
5: fruit.
4: Coffee's not a fruit, Alex. <laughs> coffee is a fruit coffee in the morning when I eat it. Coffee a bean.
1: Coffee yeah. Ice cream, obviously. And
3: actually, coffee starts out as a fruit, so
4: raspberry ice cream berries really taste true. like i still berries. waiting for
3: that.
0: Um, science
4: going to get around to this? Come on, I science. I want gummy berry
0: ice cream. So, um, <laughs> uh, to kind of put us on a track, um... Any The, track. the, the first question... Any track. So the first question I want to ask is, you know, kind of the pertinent samey stuff that I like to ask at the beginning before we get into the crazy stuff. Matt did quotes. I did air quotes. Thanks, John, for pointing that out to oh, our listeners. Oh, brother of the air. <laughs> um, so, wh- how did this band come to be specifically? I know you guys are in many different bands, and you've been friends also for a while. But how did the Wasties come to be? I, I um, think it kind of well, depends there's start, started, started with know. a pint. No,
5: no, no, hold on. Because <laughs> here's the thing: Anders is
3: convinced that he's like I brought them together and told them they so should form Anderson. a band. And what I think what happened was I was yapping his ear off about singing in Irish music, and he's like, "You should meet Molly. She's into Irish music." And then Molly introduced me to the rest of the band, and at some point I went to Andy and said, so we formed out of all of the regulars. Can we take our nickname for the regulars? And which probably, is, which a, is the probably a
1: useful uh, point here is that Andy is the owner and proprietor of the Waste Station in Brooklyn. Yeah. And, and it is
3: truthful. <laughs> it's totally true that without him, this band would not exist. That's it's very true. Yeah. Because he so is he one
5: of did... our biggest proponents and supporters. It's really awesome. What was yeah. really funny, too, and I, the bar where well, we met. You know, true. when
1: we started this band... Uh, he went and made us t-shirts. He
3: did. It was it the was nicest so nice. thing, yeah.
1: Unfortunately, oh. the t-shirts he made us, he he clearly submitted a graphic with a black background, and Cafe Press, being the wonderful merch creator that they are, <laughs> decided to print the black background on the black t-shirt. So you've got a gigantic <laughs> black square with the white logo in the middle They're of it. Still cool. still They're still cool. They're still cool, and I wear...
2: transparent artwork.
3: I, but... I love that t-shirt, and it, like, I mean, I mean, it's kind of great, but... I mean, what bar owner is going to do that? they yeah. like, show up to to your show, yet yeah, like yes, like what? Well, who's we going to do that, that. anyway? But he, but like, to go out of his way like that to show support—it's not something that I see him doing for other bands. No, oh really no, nice. I don't think We're...
1: I. I mean, he books other bands. I don't like other people play there, but I think it's kind of nice to have a home and to have somebody who's kind of taken like indirect in. ownership. You know, it's mm. it's like saying. Uh, I, I own. I feel like I own a share in this so I really want to be active in promoting. And I feel like
3: in a way he does and that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool.
0: Also I'll take this moment to mention also that there are plans in the works with Anders and myself to put together a live podcast at the Waystation of us doing crash cords at the Waystation. With uh, all the noise present in the background. <laughs> uh, the, 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 uh, the plan is to do it at some point in July uh, we're still in talks about it but it's looking like it'll definitely happen on a Monday night in July so we'll keep you posted on that.
4: Clearly I'll have to help you out with the engineering for
1: that one,
0: too. It would be be greatly appreciated, We'll need some fancy
4: instruments to uh, edit that (laughs) out.
3: Um, So while we're here, big ups and thanks to Andy for all of the support.
0: And stop dropping things, Alex.
1: (laughs) Alex has just gone and poured himself a glass of whiskey um, right behind the microphone. <laughs> yeah. That was him de- dexterously dropping the top to the bottle of whiskey.
4: <laughs> this is a band interview, so that there was just inevitable that there was going to be alcohol. Wasties, well, I mean, wasties. The yeah,
2: they yes. are called wasties. So. Well, we, yeah. we do play Celtic and Celtified music, so wh- whiskey and other Celtish, Yes, um, wh- whiskey is an integral part of the band. Experience.
3: But we don't drink it out of a <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's
2: integral. I really wish I had a jar <laughs> of to whiskey. Drink whiskey
3: it's in. Just
0: that. <laughs> whiskey in a jar. Yes.
3: yes. Like you can get George. a mason
0: jar. Neil yeah. has some Georgia. Moons you could drink your liquor from an old fruit jar. <laughs> so, are um, a literal bin. <laughs> yeah, it's you a can't parent. see
5: me, but I'm face palming right now. For the oh,
0: she's another one of what <laughs> I'm doing right now <laughs> <laughs> for yeah, the audio, like isn't Patrick Stewart? Um So the the, the next question I like, the next question I have is I like to get a sense of. A musical background, and obviously, I don't expect you guys to go and do this long story of where your musical background lies. But
5: you if you could now pick, if, <laughs> if
0: you could us. pick one album that's your favorite album, it doesn't have to be the best album or your opinion in the best. <gasps> I know, I know it's not sure this is gonna be possible. For that's unfair. An album, sentence. an,
3: influential an a- album? A-
0: Okay, how about an influential album? That, that's all I'll ask for. It's great that the band is fixing what you're saying. <laughs> that's what they're here it's for. It's awesome. It's <laughs> an interview, John. Can we start with new,
4: Alex?
3: New rule,
4: Wasties yeah, oh, yeah, sure. interview us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's answer this question. Well, Wall
5: Street really players yeah. were supposed to swap with okay. us at some point. Okay, Tio, focusing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Alex.
0: What? I mean, for these purposes, Zeppelin 3. <laughs> okay. You mean, in general, Zeppelin 3 for these purposes that's the more that's that, that, yes.
2: album i'd say you know that, that was definitely one of those this changes everything albums for me yeah, as well yeah. but not the one i'm going to bring up but that's legit
6: <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah we should still cover gallows pole. you're very yeah. unique really and should. very special <laughs> he hears that all the
4: time
5: <laughs> Yay. Yay. It's it's little mom. Butter what about your to uh, didn't i cu- i i didn't you swear. Yourself. I you cut yourself, cut yourself. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But frack that. For
5: those Funda. kids, <laughs> I meant to say fun.
2: Um, <laughs> and Your
1: favorite record is fun?
5: No. That's a no. <laughs> <laughs> I, take, <laughs> I take it back. That's not what I meant to say. Um, So probably the Beatles Revolver. Ooh, good one. Yeah, that's a Yeah, that's probably one of my favorite albums of all time. Though I should also reference at least a bit uh, that my mom's been a professional folk musician since long before I was born, so I should probably say her her album as well, which is um, "Big Boned Beauty" by Donny Bear.
3: Donny Bear.
4: Okay. Just to be clear, this is a contest.
3: You uh, all Okay. Have to Whoa! Each other. And I just threw a, I just threw a Tipper at the microphone. Okay. So, personally speaking, I have to pick a couple because I'm a Libra. We can never choose just one. Um, personally speaking, it was Ani DeFranco's "Dilate." That was like hugely influential and started me thinking about what could be done lyrically and musically as a songwriter um from the irish music perspective it was a tie between karen casey's songlines album mm. and susan mckeon it was a chanting house crowded house low lowlands by lowlands. susan mckeon um was really really important to me musically
2: I'm a Libra too, but I'm going to just flat out say Dookie by Green Day. That's what, turned <laughs> me on. that's what turned me on to punk rock, which has been basically at the core of everything I've done musically ever since, even if it's like um, Appalachian, like old-time music or folk music or the stuff I do um, on my own solo or with the Wasties, um, all the Pogue stuff I kind of listened to later on in high school. Um, it all comes back to that Green Day album, Dookie, that like turned me on to punk rock. And I think that's like an amazing punk rock album and just generally one of the greatest rock and roll records of all times. It's just like a really wonderful document of a band at its prime doing absolutely amazing stuff.
1: Okay, well, I guess it's my turn and I get to uh, give away my colors, right? Uh, <laughs> I do actually have a favorite record of all time. Yes? Despite the fact that... Yes, in fact, uh, it's um, the record Close to the Edge by Yes. Uh, it's probably my favorite single mm. recording of anything I've ever listened to. And it was tough, because I was really tempted to say A Night at the Opera by Queen. Because, ooh, I mean, that's ooh. a good one. I'm, 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 I love big, operatic, really expressive music, and I like really things that are really creative and take you in different directions. And uh, that's always been kind of central to the way that I both experience and play music. Uh, and certainly the way I write, I'm super frenetic about things. And uh, Close to the Edge is just it's a, it, One side of an LP is the first song close to the edge, it's like 16 minutes long, and when I was in high school, literally, almost every day before I went to school, I would sit and listen through that entire side of the record, just because I wanted to get another pass through and see if I could pick something new and interesting out of it.
4: So. Well, just to be clear, you've each wooed all of us. Um, <laughs> we got the punk side for John we got the prog side for me Thank wait you. I didn't go <laughs> I John go. no one cares what your favorite <laughs> record is he's just been beaming ever since no mentioned Dookie <laughs> I'm gonna go with now. That's what I call music, Volume Three. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh,
3: yeah. right. But, uh,
7: but i
4: to Kids Bob, Volume Fifteen. Oh, uh, or jerk Jams, Volume
3: One. Uh, the, the greatest no, no, no. Volume One off.
4: was not nearly as good as
1: Volume Two. You're all two.
3: forgetting the greatest hits of the Wiggles. I mean, they are so influential.
1: I'm sorry, Rafi, all the way. If we're going with I Kids uh, I, I, I,
2: I will have to bring <laughs> Rafi. Um,
5: I'm so glad my mother never. Banana phone. <laughs> <to baby. laughs> I'm really, really, glad. That my mom never let kids. Music be a thing for me. You know, you know, I, I tried to buy. Have I mentioned that music? I've
2: actually been to a live show on Lewis and Brown concert? So yes. Yeah. Skidamarinky dinky dink. rinky do.
7: I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
4: that Let's was the very year. Let's just
5: the put a the face. The alcohol sets in. Palm
4: on. <laughs> <Did it just laughs> Although I will there's say, a, there's I a, a heard like heard a Monty Python face palm hanging over all of us.
1: I have to admit, the first two concerts of my life were in this order. Sharon Love, Lois and Brams, the Elephant Show, and the Beach Boys, <laughs> and it was within oh, the same
3: summer. Course. I actually like See, the this. because non, I miss The first Beach non-Jewish Boys. music concert I went to, I was 14 years old. It was Harry Connick Jr. <laughs> gift, gift from a congregate, and it blew my mind because you have He's to understand. <laughs> no, but, but his my mom had similar job.
0: <laughs> this is actually and, a good thing, though, because I, I like the idea of first concerts also. Like, mine was Billy Joel. I saw it with my father when I was Mike eight. Uh, People like quiet. quiet. No, Joel Billy Joel
5: is spectacular. Joel. Don't yeah, I crazy. like Billy Joel. Oh, God,
1: it was really funny. I was driving back in the car with a uh, cello um yesterday from a uh, uh, Watch City Festival in Maltham, and he's participating in this cool thing where they're doing a massive group of New York City musicians all covering New York's state of mind. Interesting. The problem was, he was like, like, hey, we're going to do this cover, and then I could not help but for the rest of the hour and a half of driving, Mm -hmm. just replay that song in my head and sing it over and over again. It's a terrible earworm.
5: Well, I will make the argument while we're defending Billy Joel, and then I will get into what my first concert was, but I will make the argument that the lyrics to Piano Man are some of the more brilliant storytelling lyrics of a recent author like post i just i like they're not abstract they're very clear but they have enough of a nuance to them that it just paints this beautiful picture of where you are The whole record
1: does a lot of that yeah i mean it's it um it's a anyway. true ballad i guess
5: yeah, yeah. moving Pat
1: myself
0: on the back i'm billy joe yeah well that's <laughs> also
5: that's the other thing is the Alex, man what are you doing here is
3: you're the banjo send no, up to I'm yourself really. in a song that yeah. it's the first, it's <laughs> the first <laughs> recorded pop music combo brag yeah, pretty true. much.
0: Yeah, <laughs> humble uh, brag before humble brag was a
4: thing. So here's the big question: Where does oh. the Irish step in?
3: Um,
5: so the uh, about a quarter of the way. Because that's the a
4: cacophony of uh, origins. Well, Sorry. I was gonna say also. So uh,
5: my first concert that was a rock concert was Rufus Wainwright. Um, mm. But prior to that, I had been dragged, moderately kicking and screaming, from the age of. Birth on to every show my mom did. Um, <laughs> I would go with her band, and she's primarily a French Canadian fiddler, but she uh, she also plays Celtic music. I have another band with her and with a fantastic guitarist. the Band's called Mist Covered Mountains, but we um she kept trying to get me into folk music. I think she tried to get me to play the fiddle like five times throughout my childhood, and at each time I would do the Suzuki training and only go so far enough that I could get. The granola box that was inside that made up my fake fiddle. They made you a fiddle (laughs) out of a granola box. (laughs) And then they told you you could unwrap it and eat it when you had practiced a certain amount. I would practice exactly that amount, Mm -hmm, eat mm -hmm. my granola bars, and quit. (laughs) So, sorry, I'm long-winded and Alex is telling me I should shut up. But, um...
4: The Irish. (laughs) The Irish comes in...
5: I went to school at NYU and again having rejected folk music for most of my teenage years went to school for musical theater and I needed a language requirement <laughs> and I took Irish language Padraig O'Carroll is my hero in life if I can be anyone I would be Padraig O'Carroll he is my Irish professor from NYU
3: and he is in fact the coolest person I have ever met or heard of um and years prior he was also my Irish teacher at NYU. <laughs> no, I started taking Irish because I was obsessed. I met I met this guy maybe my first year of college, and um, he was into sign language and Irish music, and so was I. And then I started. It became a thing that I did. And um, when I got to NYU. Um, I just wanted to learn how to sing in Irish, so I took the same class with Padraig. He was also one of our chaperones on our trip to Ireland. So amazing. Which was way fun, because because of him, I got to see the West Belfast Cultural Festival, and he once told me, and I'm saying it on a podcast, so it's down for posterity, that I could record an album at his house in Donegal when I was ready. So, like, Padraig, if so, you're listening... No, that's going to happen. ...next year, <laughs> is actually what I'm yeah. talking about. Um, but so, we had that in common when we met,
5: and... at some point put it together that we had both had the same professor in the same program
3: and had sung many of the same super cheesy songs as they are now they're not that cheesy -er Pocabolla is a little cheesy they're fantastic (laughs) songs about getting married off to
5: people you don't like and And drunken goats yes exactly
0: I think this would be a good point for us to uh, slip into a musical interlude and have you guys play a song for us can it be a cheesy Irish song?
5: we can can Mm, probably make that doable probably
8: i was just the age of sixteen when i first went on the drive after six months hard labor at home i did arrive i courted with a pretty girl tis her caused me to roam now i'm a river driver and i'm far away from home
7: I'll eat when, when I, I am hungry, and I'll drink when I'm dry. Get chocolate.
1: <laughs> will, you know, yes, that was a
4: funny song, was it not? <laughs> oh, what an amusing number! <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Make sure oh, you I'm slice the depressing my... one into there. <laughs> oh, but by, by all means, <laughs> you need to play the most depressing. It's your
5: turn for a quick. Oh well,
1: you see, I, I you know, I ca- maybe I misinterpreted your question, but like I was thinking of it like a superhero origin story, and I don't know about you guys, but I got bit by a radioactive Irishman. <laughs>
0: Ah, uh, that explains oh, so much.
3: Yeah, I bet mean. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you know, <Noam, laughs> wait, no. What was your?
2: I had a very similar experience to being bit by radioactive Irishman, which is a friend of mine in high school made me listen to the Pogues, and it was pretty much you know the point of no return from there. That kind of introduced me to this wonderful. It was like I was already sort of into punk rock by then. I'd graduated from. I mean, I was still really into Green Day, but also listening to you know no effects and then Rancid and then going back to the Sex Pistols and the Ramones and that kind of stuff and then they gave me this band it's like the Pogues and they're like completely traditional instruments but with that same kind of punk rock energy and that sort of like drunken whiskey fueled Irish insanity and just like so kind of crazy but all keeping it together making super charged um, rock is traditional music and only so. four
5: teeth amongst them Yes. <laughs> there
0: you go, and um, substantially
1: more
2: whiskey.
0: I actually saw the Pogues about two years ago, yeah. and at and when I saw them, it was like oh, what? Ven-? It was uh, at a fairly tiny theater venue in Manhattan. It mm-hmm. Might have been the Hammerstein, and the lead singer looked like he could barely stay on his feet. Like I'm not surprised. He, yeah. was, uh, he
3: was he was kind he, of waning. Can I? Add? They,
0: they say they say Shane McGowan has, has not
3: spent a
2: really? day sober since he was 14, wow. and I'm inclined to believe it. Oh,
3: I want to add one more little thing, because, so I, like, w- why I wanted a band like the Wasties. Um, in Arizona, I'm friends with the band, I was friends with a band called the Clairvoyants that played together for a few years, and um, and actually their mandolinist just passed away over the weekend, Billy Brett, so if those people are listening, I would really like to say that Billy was an awesome musician and a big influence. And, um, God bless him. And he was—he was a tremendous guy, and um, the clairvoyants had so much fun playing together. And it was a bar band primarily, and that was the aesthetic. And they just got together and jammed and rocked out. And I have wanted to be a part of that. I sang with them a few times, but I wanted that for myself ever since. So, and I just wanted to work in props to Billy in there somewhere because he was—he <laughs> was just awesome, and it was just sort of a shock. So. Yeah,
0: hear? one of the first Irish bands that I heard was probably flogging molly they were the ones that i got into first and then kind of discovered a lot of the others i actually
1: i have a funny flogging molly story i uh i got into the band because i had an ex-girlfriend by the same name and so uh i bought a t-shirt in a hot topic when i was in high school that said flogging molly mostly to make that joke
5: hate only, all of you i hate only, all of you so much <laughs> only i get abused for the sake of a joke continue it's
1: important story. to abuse you in the name of a joke I mean really what what other use is friendship <laughs> but no I then I actually and decided science, oh, it's, it's like
2: not like you don't enjoy it <laughs> I'm not fooling anybody
1: so I had this shirt and then all of a sudden I'm like well now I'm wearing the shirt and it's a band and I love bands so maybe I should see what they're all about and I really I fell in love with Swagger uh, the first time I heard it uh, and then I had the luck of seeing them at Warped Tour I think the same year that I first started listening to them and it was great
2: I got to see Floggy Molly I was, I was in uh, in college in Santa Cruz and they, I think within a mile of home just came out and they were doing a tour and they had this wonderful band opening for them from Seattle called The Briefs amazing punk band and then Floggy Molly came on and like I gotta say that is the most brutal mosh pit I've ever been and it was fantastic besides <laughs> the fact that I kind of like I, I lost my camera and the Briefs t-shirt I had bought from my backpack because completely,
0: completely got ripped open
2: but Man, those guys put on a good
0: show. Yeah, they have a, they, I mean, I saw them, I've seen them three different times, and every time it's a different show. They play, they never play the same set list, they'll rotate songs, and I mean, their newest album that came out, I think it was last year, Speed of Darkness, I mean, it was just as good as everything else, like, they don't miss a beat on almost any record. You know, they'll have songs that I like less than others, but all in all, they kind of push it every album, and they take it to the next level.
1: Yeah.
0: And I actually quite enjoy the, the version of Salty Dog that you guys do.
1: I really oh. do. I like it. That's a, it's a really fun song to play, too. Actually, a, the biggest trick is we added into the arrangement only because we are House Band for the Waystation, which is known in part for having a TARDIS for a bathroom. Uh, it was completely no idea. We we we've added was. in
4: the <laughs> intro. It's time to plug the Way <laughs> Well, Please, Tardis. go to Waystation. We, it's we hard spend much, a lot of go time, the time there. There. We spend the presidency there. there. And not for nothing, we, we plug the Way Station like, at least two or three times Every Every other podcast, perhaps. Right but,
3: well, but without the way Station, we wouldn't exist, and that's where we play mostly, so. But oh, I mean, yeah. seriously, though, I mean, you it was a cool idea, because we actually, we figured out
1: uh, a way to incorporate the Doctor Who theme into the beginning of Salty Dog. So they
2: play a we? folky... You mean I... You.
5: You're welcome. Yeah, and, and, you're welcome. And then I play along? <laughs> <laughs> I got a question mark? Gnome was just sass tasked yeah. yeah.
0: He, is. he, he is, is very sassy. Fairly. It's true. He's, he's <laughs> my favorite.
5: Of sass. Gnome's
0: definitely <laughs> my favorite so far. That seems fair. Uh, 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 yeah, that seems about right. Gnome's do you have a crush? Favorite. John, do you have a crush it's on Gnome? No, definitely
4: not. Okay. We'd kill each Swirling other. Swirling his whiskey. Megan, his saliva. I'm for.
1: <laughs> also, and it should uh, be stated, really it's very
5: important that... Noam has the most epic facial hair that's maybe the He does, he does. it's, it's in. incredible.
1: Well, and wardrobe as well. Well, I it's know my gallery
2: picture of the
5: I week. I
1: try.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I try. It's
1: definitely going to be Noam. Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
2: No question. I kind of slackened tonight, I gotta say. My mustache isn't even waxed. <laughs> he <laughs> waxes you know, But mustache. you're still wearing uh, suspenders. He and dressed and. up for radio, which is kind oh. of nice. I I didn't. This is what I wear. This is like my chill out clothes.
0: So then the next thing I, I got up... the radio joke. I did get that one. I did appreciate it.
3: I'm glad. Thank okay. you. <laughs> well, from
1: from one person with
0: a face made for radio to another. <laughs> so this the, this is a good segue into uh, also one of the big reasons why you guys wanted to be on before this weekend was you're playing. The steampunk worlds fair. We are in Piscataway. Yeah.
7: What? Holy crap,
3: we should rehearse. I, I, th-
0: <laughs> I thought you guys knew, I'm sorry. Um,
3: Piscataway, Wait, which I had to check to make sure it was a real place because New Jersey has the best names ever. No. no it no. does not. No? Schenectady, okay. yeah. Worcester, Lemonster. Lemonster. Where?
1: Frisian. Hey, Ionian, I'm from Scottsdale, Madison, Air-
3: ha- <laughs> I'm from Scottsdale, Arizona, where all the names are about as old as the towns that
4: that's really they make They're, they're all named after people. That's the biggest yeah. thing. In New York, everything's named after somebody else. And as far as Jersey's like, concerned, I don't. found that it's very entertaining if you take Jersey names and then name them after liquors, such as East <laughs> Rutherford Red or <laughs> Scotch Plains. Don't have to do anything there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <punch>. Bayonne Beringer
0: <laughs> So, I just want to... Uh, so, yeah, I wanted to bring up the... Um, the steampunk world's yeah. fair. And I'm really
4: pissed about, because I'm not going to go see you my newest swore. favorite band. You swore. That wasn't a swear. You said
5: that. no cussing.
4: That's not cussing. I could think of the seven dirty words, and that's not on it. Come on, Molly. Don't um, um,
1: does cussing have anything to do with custard? No, I, no. Custard sounds delicious. Why, are we well,
3: a random crazy why crazy? has that
4: not been a brand yet? <laughs> <laughs> cussing, custard? Cussing, cussing custard? Cussing custard. Custard. Custard.
6: Custard. 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 It's so good, it'll make
0: you say <laughs> There's one of those in uh, Long Lake New York a custard's last stand they serve custard <laughs> <laughs> nice. is, 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 it, is it actually a custard stand,
3: it's it's a custard okay, stand. We're, we're do, do they have eating... a Cherokee red flavor hey class a custard's last bland
0: too soon so, too soon let's l- talk
3: about steampunk world's fair yeah, do g-
0: give the listeners a little bit uh, about <laughs> what, what steampunk world's fair is where it is You know.
3: somebody who's been there should well, talk
5: Gnome should right. talk because Gnome actually could probably say what steampunk is better than the
0: you rest. He's just of got else. that one song. Let's not throw him into that boat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's not. That's not. That's okay. It's fair enough. As as I, I should mention, I play also as a solo artist under the name Painless Parker, and um, I really got my th- start through the steampunk community in New York, who've been really awesome to me. So, um, I mean, I, usually when people ask me if I'm like playing steampunk music, I say, well, I don't know if there's like really such a thing as steampunk music, but I, I kind of think of it as like red wine and steak. They're not the same thing, but they go really nice together. <laughs> <So> <laughs> the, the music I do, and I think the music of the too as well, goes nicely with steampunk because we do tap into stuff that has, you know, a lot of roots in the 19th century and, and roots in sort of like, you know, Victorian British Empire and whatnot. So anyway, Steampunk World's Fair is this wonderful, uh, you know, it's kind of like a convention, kind of like your Comic-Con and stuff like that, but based around the idea of steampunk, which is... Science fiction about the past, specifically about the nineteenth century, um, and um, musically speaking, there's a lot of stuff that is either influenced by nineteenth-century music or just um, music in any kind of genre you can think of that deals with steampunk themes and stories and whatnot.
5: Yeah, if I were to, and granted I am from looking in from the outside here, but if I were to look at steampunk and try and describe it, I would say it's a, it's very old-fashioned themes, but with a modern twist on everything, like a, a mm-hmm. scientific it, gadget it, it, it's ima- twist.
2: It's imagining a 19th century that never was.
5: Exactly. S-
2: sort of drawing on the, the science fiction of the 19th century, be it Jules Verne or H.G. Wells and stuff, and sort of extrapolating from there and imagining newer technologies that we know if they had happened in the 19th century and imagining an alternate history that sort of proceeds from that point. It's like, and, you know, you remove yeah.
1: certain of the key, like, instead of having an internal combustion engine as the majority source of power supply, like you have instead steam generators, um, that becomes a, a foundation for a particular technological aesthetic and a certain... Um,
2: and, and then if you imagine, say, you know, as, as in some of the famous fictions... Um, Charles Babbage actually perfected his differential and analytic engines and ran them on Steam so you have these, like, steam-powered computers and you have this whole Victorian aesthetic of everything made out of, like, you know, um, dark wood and brass and that kind of thing. I mean, in a sense, it's their imagination of the future. The their way imagination of the future be. being brought to life, yeah. That's actually a nice way of putting it. You know? Okay, It
5: relates to the music also because it's like if steampunk is kind of an old-fashioned something with a twist, that's almost exactly what we're doing musically. Think people a lot are, of old-fashioned stuff with a more modern twist to it.
4: Yeah, I think people are obsessed with it so much because of the fact that it relies so much on aesthetic that we feel maybe does kind of lacking today. Today, there's it's just kind of functional. It's just the way reality turned out to be.
1: Well, and it's also really interesting too when you think about the fact that even mainstream culture at the time embraced some things that you know we would call, I mean, I would almost call them ostentatious. Whereas like today, mm. for the most part, there's no part of mainstream like. You wouldn't see a, a business person on Wall Street walking by with, you know, a very oddly, or interestingly tied cravat. You know, you wouldn't see the sort of variety that, that existed at that time. So I think
2: well, you would see a hip hop mogul ex- <laughs> expressing a lot of conspicuous <laughs> consumption. Um, but there's there's a certain I don't know I think there may be even parallels to that. There's something about um, artistry and craftsmanship. I think what what appeals to a lot of people about steampunk is this sort of idea of, you know, something that happened before planned obsolescence. The idea of craftsmanship, the idea of some things that are made well and built well that are functional but still also beautiful. Like you imagine a street lamp that has been made out of wrought iron that will last a long time but has also been, you know, kind of floral with a bit of decoration. The sort of thing where like when you are an artisan, when you're a craftsman and you make something that is beautiful and really functional built to last, you put a little bit of decoration into it. You put a little ornament. And they happen, you can see that in music as well.
4: I'm really glad you mentioned that because that's one of the reasons we don't see that today is because, because of the functional aspect of, let's just say, New York City architecture or mm-hmm. just public service works. You'll never see those little curlicues and flower decorations within something as simple as a gate because today that would be considered a waste because then you have to bring people to
2: paint every single curve and they right. would just never want to spend it's the money on that. Yeah. Uh, and anything that's made nowadays there's an idea of like unskilled labor and everything is sort of like broken down into like you know Not just jobs, that a lot. jobs that are easily performed by people who are replaceable as opposed to skilled labor. Somebody who's a craftsman somebody mm-hmm. who's trained at his job and can take some pride in like this isn't just work this is this is a craft this is there is an element of art to it Although and that's
3: what I'm interested in seeing a lot I think this weekend from a perspective of someone who's never been out there mm-hmm. is like musically and artistically like visually artistically um, how people interpret the medium because mm-hmm. there's not it's not there's not a lot of room for mass production. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there'll be some there. there's always some. Somebody's pumped out a bunch of something. I'm so excited for all of the shinies. Well, one of the things I know is- I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm excited to go shopping because there's a lot of. I'm expecting a lot of handmade stuff. Well, you know it's really funny because you don't really see <laughs> but, um, a
1: lot of things that are being mass produced. What you see are things that people will have taken um, a mass produced something and use it as the jumping off point for the creation of something that's handmade, which is sort mm. of like a, a lot in the same way that the idea of this sort of uh, projected 19th century where you have modern inventions. That are powered by sort of uh what we would consider more antiquated you know methods um it's kind of the same thing because here now you've got people taking mass-produced components which are essentially available raw materials but finding ways to make them their own a way to make them personal to make them crafted and i think there's something really interesting about that
3: it makes me think of it's like totally unrelated but perdido street station that china mealville book where like the people keep doing that to themselves.
4: Yeah, it's it's, it's very related. Robert, would you consider that under uh, steampunk or would you consider that a form of modern art?
1: Well, I mean, I think if you look at steampunk as as an aesthetic movement, it ultimately is really a modern art form. I mean, the same same way that almost anything is, I think steampunk is really an extension of the remix culture that we've started to really live in now. Mm. Um, The the idea is that people can kind of pick and choose both aesthetic and intellectual and, and productive ideas and they can recombine them in ways that are appealing to them Mm -hmm. and other sort of like-minded groups of people. And Steampunk World's Fair is clearly an example of a very resonant phenomena where that sort of remix, taking in particular Victorian culture and Victorian aesthetics and applying them in new and interesting ways with other things has led to this very resonant, very uh, communicative, vibrant culture. And Steampunk World's Fair is one of the biggest events that celebrates Mm -hmm. that, certainly on the East Coast. and being being somebody who now at this point um i play in uh pretty much every act that i play in participates pretty regularly in steampunk events um i I mean i not only do i play with the oasis but um there's my band the rose west which only kind of tangentially fits into the scene but then others like eli august and the abandoned buildings um that i play clarinet for uh we we're going to nova scotia to a thing called the time travelers reunion we're doing up in the aether in detroit there there's there are pockets of steampunk communities all over uh, the Northeast and from what I'm aware I mean even in in the UK other places in Europe and uh, South America and in Asia too I remember last year at Steampunk World's Fair there was a band um, from Japan that had been flown out to play. And it was a really cool they, thing.
3: They
2: played one of the anachronisms, right? They
3: also played one Tim, of the right?
2: Something yeah. Like that. yeah. I'm
3: so, I'm okay. so curious. Like, I mean, I performed at Renaissance festivals for years, like as a dancer, as a singer, as an actor. And like, they're aesthetically very, like they're nothing alike with that notion of people wanting to go out in costume to go dress up and immerse themselves in a culture. Like I'm used to it in an outdoor festival. Mm-hmm. And I've never really been to a... I mean, I went to one day of one Comic-Con once, but I've never been to a con. So, like, the <laughs> idea of... It's like, I want to see what happens. I'm very curious to see how what? people deal with their environment and how people engage with the music and with It's everything. very interesting
2: how people do that, because it's, like, the, there's, like... I, don't, I haven't been to... I mean, I've I've been to... Um, to Steampunk World's Fairs so far, and they haven't been entirely... Um, I mean, they're, they're great things, but they're not... I don't think they're quite as immersive as um, or, as as renters tend to be, and I, I think that there are certain people, especially like I've I've heard Doctor Grimm talk about that he's um he's a guy who makes some um, props and accessories and stuff and a very prominent figure in um, steampunk and he really he has some visions of doing something much more immersive because his background is in like theme park rides and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just to bring it back to, to the music, uh, I, I was absolutely loving this conversation, yeah, so yes. I was we perfectly a, ready to let you go we, on. We
4: did, a, we did a review on Steam Powered Giraffe a few weeks ago, uh. which Joe Root introduced me to, and I still have to make him a cake. Um, they're so good. You know, they're I'm playing
0: at World's Fair. I'm yeah, so I know. Excited. That's
2: why John's mad <laughs> at me. That's why I'm,
4: that's why I'm just
2: thoroughly I'm going. because i going i am going to tell you a big, dirty secret about steampunk music. That there's no such thing. No, that's what we I, discussed. That, that's the yeah. beautiful thing is that there are there are many bands who play within the steampunk community, but there has a, has yet not really emerged anything that is like specifically a, a steampunk A, a, a style. definable musical genre that is steampunk. Well, and we pointed... I think that that's really kind of fantastic in a way because it leads it to a lot of um, a lot of openness and beautiful stuff. I mean, so far, what there is for the most part will be um, either either bands who play. Stuff that can kind of relate to the 19th century, or bands who play whatever style of music they do, with but Victoria they have steampunk w- with steampunk themes their yeah. songs are about. We well, that's steampunk that's fashion. how we define a steampunk giraffe as a folk yeah. band that and what, just happens to be robots. What, what has never happened? The steampunk proto man. Yes, I love what, them. What what oh. has almost never happened yet, except like the one kind of except here, here's what's really interesting to me that I'd really love to see and I, I, I feel like I'd love to make this kind of music but I need to like go back to school and get a musicology degree for is to like like instead of doing music like without that is its own genre and speaking about steampunk imagine a steampunk world an alternate fiction from a steampunk fiction right and what kind of music would be would the people well, in there be well, playing? You start with it, instrumentation, well, which is exactly. going to be very unique. And well, like what the, the, close, think, the clo- is it, well, well if we I can just have, finish the thought, yeah. yeah, the the closest thing so far I've heard to that is Emperor Norton, Norton Stationary Marching Band, which do, they they sound like they could have come out of a steampunk story. Well, but here the only difference for me is this: like, like I love Emperor Norton's and
1: I love that kind of like big rockish sound, um, but for me, I would rather picture what instruments would come up around that culture? Like, for mm-hmm. example, everything you see in an Emperor Norton's, the kind of instrumentations even that we have in, like, an Eli August, like, mm-hmm. sort of chamber uh, folk aesthetic thing, um, are all instruments that came out of, you know, the 1800s. Mm-hmm. They're all, like, they're either based on, like, the Ville de Gamble family or they're uh, instruments that come out of uh, classical music. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think the inventiveness of steampunk as a community and a genre, um... Is meant to be a reflection on yeah. the sort of hypothetical culture that would have existed in this sort of alternate. Well, and I really think you definitely. may have I, just
4: defined the difference there if, between uh, the Renaissance at if you're going to a renaissance community there's something very matter of fact about it they are actually actually replicating something but then you're talking about steampunk i think that's more of a neo-bohemian thing you're not supposed to be replicated if, exactly you're supposed if I, because to be you're creating something in there it's happened. of your own what yeah, would
2: that yeah. sound if like I, if i was a gonna question if yeah. I, and the, the beautiful thing is like if you look at the 19th century if you look at like the inventions that happened in terms of musical instruments there's some wacky stuff going on the the saxophone family was invented in the eighteen forties. You get like calliopes, which are basically that's a true. mobile steam powered organ. I mean, that's nuts. You calliope, and also, as of... you see stuff.
1: that, but calliopes was, are the things. That's one oh, thing that geez, I think people invented. Well, like I think <laughs> about the calliope, and I I just realized uh, this is really funny. I was at Watch City this weekend, and for the first time at any steampunk event, hey, there was a calliope sh- playing in the park. Hey, and I mean, calliope. Alex doesn't like calliope. Alex. Doesn't like Why calliopes? don't you like
0: Calliopes, Alex? The mini, mini ha.
1: I was going to say, when I was when I was listening to the calliope, it reminded me of sitting on the dock uh, at, at the summer house that my parents rented for a while yeah. in Lake George, and listening to it pass by and hearing the calliope. I loved it. That Being out there and listening to it reminded me of that part of my youth. It's cool The once or
0: twice, the, the first few couple of times that I heard it, uh, <laughs> but working right across the street from it while I'm trying to talk to people... <laughs> Now, <laughs> we, we should clarify that here. Alex,
1: Alex once worked for the Fort William Henry in Lake George, um, and uh, unfortunately the Lake George Steamboat Company launched from right outside of Fort William Henry, so I can imagine... But uh, they probably didn't like your cannon fire any more than you liked their Kaliag.
0: <laughs> probably because you were hey. aiming for their Kaliag. We <laughs> <laughs> I mean, once or twice may have accidentally sent things flying out in their direction. That would have, if you accidentally accept, right. If you'd accidentally sunk the
1: Minnehaha, I think there might have been some problems. You know, tennis balls, <laughs> or heavier shot. Cannons. <laughs> <laughs> Can- no, no shoot, you need a big cannon to fire a smaller cannon. Okay.
3: Nine years later. So no, I think it's interesting when you talk about the replication at the Renaissance Festival situation. I feel like it's very outside of the historical societies in like Minnesota, and Northern California, and to a lesser extent like Southern California. It's very fan. I think. <laughs> varying degrees of fantasy base and i feel like this this steampunk thing seems like it's sort of not like knowingly taken off on that like they're not even pretending anymore that it mm. has a basis they've just got you know and it I, it seems like it's really freeing like i've heard steam powered giraffe i've heard um emperor norton and i'm psyched that they're gonna be out and i'm curious yeah. to hear so many other bands because it seems like they're we'd all adhere to a certain amount of musical rules but from there on out there's a lot of freedom i think in getting to make up the narrative as you make up the music
4: yeah that i I think that's exactly how i'd put it it's more about just placing yourself vaguely in the time period to try to bring certain aspects certain certain aesthetics to the table
2: a lot of steampunk is really about sort of like looking at the 19th century and be like well there are some wonderful things here you know, we talked about craftsmanship, we talked about this sort of ornate stuff, we talked about, you know, the, the wonderful fashions Forgotten and Forgotten things, perhaps. Forgotten things, perhaps. But also, and, and taking the, looking at the good aspects and then also critiquing the negative ones. Because, like, I don't know, if I was alive in the 19th century, well, let's see, I'm like lower middle to working class, I'm Jewish. I would not would have been not be doing so well. Good. Like All, <laughs> of, all, all of my ancestors who were alive in the 19th century were in, like, shtetls in Eastern Europe, <laughs> being oppressed by pogroms and stuff and being dirt poor, which eventually made them move here. Um, just so just, for, the, just for, to interject for, there, for this had this, I had this there, wonderful... There was, like, classism and racism and sexism and so many things that are wrong about the 19th century. And because steampunk is trying to, like, reinvent something, create something fictional... It, it critiques gender roles it critiques you know um sexual orientation roles it critiques class and all that stuff so there's really an opportunity to like look at this really interesting time and, and look at like the the more dickensian aspects of it and say well let let's let's use this reinvention to actually critique this and say you know what was wrong about all of it this? is kind it's of not a glori- spin in a it way, is not yeah. a glorification yeah. of the 19th century but really like well, here's some good stuff about it, but all the bad stuff, too, we want to there talk was about. There were some good aspirations too. of the 19th century. I think it's
4: more about were, that there than was, anything else. There's
2: some nobility in it, it's definitely. Well, I mean,
4: I, just considering what you said before, I have to interject. Is it the way in which you wouldn't fit? A lot of us probably wouldn't fit in the uh, 19th century plan, as it were. And I, I actually had this... Yeah, I had this wonderful <laughs> professor back in college, uh, I think it was U.S. history since 1865, who actually took the time out to go around the room and pinpoint each and every one of us and said, you stand up, what's your name, what's your background, you wouldn't fit, you sit down, you next pe- You w- uh, what's your name, what's your background, you wouldn't fit there." Right. Then it of That's course exactly. came about yeah. to like a it's black like, guy, you stand up, you definitely wouldn't, no don't even stand up. <laughs> see, well, like, it was very uh, matter of fact about it. <laughs> see, I'm,
1: I'm exempt from this because my ancestors landed uh, in what became New Amsterdam in the 1630s so you so You're
2: you oh
7: look at you I am a daughter of the, hey, ta- the daughter of
8: the American Revolution
0: hey uh,
2: time and place Rivera's the
0: daughter of <laughs> the American Revolution And I have that on the record yes officially, officially it's officially been stated actually
1: in fairness I think my mother is actually a member of oh, the D.A.R. oh
7: god um, but
1: you know it's funny they actually they make you find a unique ancestor for every generation that you apply so every, oh. every generation that passes, it's harder to become a member.
5: No kidding. So
1: luckily for my family, we've been around a while. Gosh. But if you, you've got to find unique ancestors who fought in the American Revolution in order to apply for membership.
5: Yeah. I mean, yeah. looking running back... Running That's La- the me, La- yeah. if, if I
3: if as an organization.
5: Yeah, if I had been born around that time, I'm fairly sure I would have been like stoned as a baby. <laughs>
2: See, this is a beautiful thing about steampunk. It's yeah. kind of like SCA and all those things, but without the the, bug the up society your... for creative anachronism. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes. so yeah. Just yeah. put it <laughs> out there. It's, it's like that or civil war right. Actors without the bug up your. You know. You know what? Without I had an, like an, we, we had another actually... host about
4: about five weeks ago who said the exact same thing about society of the creative anachronism. I'm glad that it was said again. <laughs> I mean they, they, that would, that have would have been they, Joe Rue, by the way just um you know no.
2: I I I've I've heard of this thing that <laughs> Civil <the> War <Warrior> reenactors <laughs> called they, they have I hope I can say this button pissers What is it uh, Yeah <laughs> button pissers <laughs> It's these guys are like well they, they, they use urine to to age the button, the the <laughs> horn buttons on their coats <laughs> so like be more accurate and it, yeah, it's so like, you can use and like I was actually recently talking to somebody who does a lot of reenactment stuff both for Civil War and World War 1 and 2 and stuff really great guy and he said yeah these guys are like they have like the, the the stitch count Nazis. Oh yeah. Mm. Oh, oh my God. That that's what I love about steampunk. You don't get that because we're not <laughs> uh, actually you're... trying to recreate the nineteenth century. We're reinventing it, so you can do whatever you want. It's just like <laughs> let, let let's have some fun with history, but without all the. Hang-ups. Well,
3: so is there any? Are there like are there people are there steampunk who are... rules? Yeah, no, and are there people who like in the no, societal? Well, well, there are... Because I bet you there. I mean, as much as there's an ideal situation in terms of the gender roles and all of that, and the and the sort of um, egalitarianism, I'm, I'm there's got to be a flip side well, there people...
2: they're, 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 of it. There are a bunch of people fine. who will be like, "That's not steampunk, that's not steampunk," but they don't get invited to these concerts. <laughs> <laughs> there, there are two people whose name because they're still pulling the you don't who fit. used to be really influential, <laughs> but have basically sort of like snubbed their way out of. Relevance.
5: It it, you also, know, the I, only thing I can think of right now while we're all talking about this, and it's terrible, but is the the TV show or the web series, The Guild? They go to the a <laughs> con. Yeah. And one of the characters like sees the, stuff, oh, the steampunk stuff. Like, Clara, set. Clara, right? Clara. She just goes, "Oh, like look at the pretty dresses and the cons." She gets really excited, and the steampunk people are like, "If you would have to ask what it is, you will never be one of us."
2: to (laughs) be be fair I think Louis Armstrong said that about jazz that's also (laughs) fair you gotta ask you never know
3: dancing about architecture
2: it's, it's, I hate that. It's
3: definitely I love that. no it's definitely that. not No, because my boss used to no, sure say that about, and it, about fun. it doesn't really seem like true. it is at all from
5: everyone who I've met who is a part of that community. No, it really I mean, isn't. Everybody true. I've met have been wonderful. I'm Steam just Kong curious
2: like, about the end. Like n- n- ninety percent of steampunks are super friendly and inclusive and inviting, and there's ten percent who kind of get a little snobby about it and they're just not worth hanging out with. That's, kind of, fun. that's kind of but that's kind of like every culture has that. I mean the Comic Con culture,
0: while they you know there are stereotypes and an exaggeration. Oh, they're my, not really that big of an exaggeration. Well, but, but I've been I've been to a lot of cons, and I mean the best convention I've ever been to was the Penny Arcade Expo East in Boston. Oh, hats I and, really wish I could. And go it's on. just it's it's unlike other conventions. It's not about the industry. It's not about the materials. It's about the fans. They built that convention from the ground up as fans for fans, and you really feel it feel it on the floor. Whereas Comic Con in New York, and especially. Out on the other coast, on the west coast as well, it's becoming more about the industry, the movies. Like a trade
3: show? Yeah, there, it's
0: not as much about. Which is what it. happened here's with the, the car show, E three. All of them have
2: become
3: relating trade. to the com- to Comic Con and things of that ilk. Though here's my big, scary question. Is there a steampunk equivalent to the whole experience of like the quote unquote fake geek girl, where like people have been ostracizing others for like you might you can't possibly be really into this because of something about you? No, no,
1: a steampunk, no, like, no. steampunk. I've never heard of somebody being like, oh, well, you can't possibly be. In. The the variety. I mean, because a lot of that has to do with the whole schism and this idea that if you're a female of a particular degree of attractiveness, that you couldn't possibly be geeky. And and honestly. That mostly comes from the kind of stigmatisms that come from, uh, come from like the, uh, the whole geek scene in general. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's any of that going on here. I don't think people have pretensions are not the right word because God's know, steampunks have lots of pretensions, <laughs> um, but they're not they're not prescribing that only a particular type of person can qualify to be a part of the culture. So if
3: you want to be a part,
1: you can be a part. Yeah, I've never, See, I've never seen somebody be excluded.
3: That makes me really excited to perform for this group because honestly, like that's, that's the kind of room I want to be in. Yep. is where everybody's and welcome to the. It's like here's the dance party, welcome to it. Enjoy. Oh, just to, uh, like last
1: year, the uh, one of the coolest memories that I have from Steampunk World Fair last year, um, apart from I remember I sat up with an imaginary airship captain drinking mead for three hours while having a conversation with a band from Japan in Japanese. Uh, apart from that, memory, wait. Were
0: you speaking Japanese? Yeah, you, you know know J- speak Japanese. Hey, <laughs> we <We'll> speak
2: Japanese. <laughs> uh, i <laughs> Uh, what do you want about? Do you you uh about? Do you you
5: to <start speaking. laughs> A second language, and then I could start speaking a third, and we could just go round
2: and talk
5: well, about okay, yeah,
3: <laughs> it.
4: Uh, and now I got to piece together the transcript. You're really making just my job a, a lot just harder. Just uh, know, a so <laughs> this
3: this band between this the, the members of this band, I think we're up to like seven languages. Probably I right? can speak French I and Irish. I have, I I have some French, as.
1: a lot of Italian, <laughs> Italian, English, <laughs> it's fine. I think it'll be okay. Hebrew,
3: Japanese, sign language, which I know isn't spoken, but still. I
1: really need to learn sign language. Sign language is one of those. Actually, it's really interesting because apparently, like Japanese and sign language share a lot in common because they are. Uh, they're they're expressing um, larger chunks. Of it goes language.
3: topic, subject, verb, object, as opposed mm-hmm. to yeah.
1: Exactly. So very very similar
3: in terms of structure to Japanese. Interesting. Also similar to something French. Something you'll never so see. So in you would enjoy it. If yeah. you see something, say something. That's fine. all right. So oh, wow. <laughs> wow. that And and on that well, note, next
4: song. I've been... been looking for that
0: segue for a while. Haven't yeah. you? <laughs> well, I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna impede the conversation. Oh, we completely but... lost control here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so
2: yeah. So we can play. We know some songs.
0: So we should. Uh, this would be a great you place to do? put in another song and um, <sighs> probably wrap it up after the song as well. We can come back after the song for a wrap up though. So I think we'll we'll take a break here and do another song cool I, I, I'm a creature it's of listening up, to... up. <laughs> my mouth stopped working bite me no oh,
8: it's,
0: it's fine keep rolling with it so I listen to a lot of different podcasts <laughs> and I've found that a lot of podcasts that are very focused on a specific topic tend to stick to the topic very closely kind of take themselves too seriously uh, which we, we, which, we, we can't we I just try not to do that so I think it's very important to know from every good musician is what's your favorite food <laughs> something completely irrelevant I just I find that discussing these stuff are that has his nothing... deep, deep questions. No, I mean, this I, is what I realized on like day it. one. <laughs> so
2: oh,
1: here's, well, your here's your favorite, favorite. This is the deep there, there, there are philosophical uh, repercussions for any answer.
4: Bacon.
3: So. I've a really simple similar... this is bacon. I was gonna go ahead and I will require
4: that a philosophical now. answer. <laughs> for mine
3: these mine questions. mine and this is a mere cheese. Cheese is my oh, favorite.
2: Oh yeah, and are lactose is intolerant, yes. yeah.
3: Okay, and a, oh,
0: new favorite it's, person.
3: It's that I adore, I adore you, but cheese, for the rest of time.
0: Oh, it's no secret that my stomach uh, sucks. There are
4: it's thousands gone. of flavors of cheese. I and know. They're all unique and delicate
3: and, and delicious. And they stink. So many of them are so smelly. It's amazing. And I it's amazing. Two... Yes.
5: I pick raspberries and filet mignon. <laughs> but not together. Not together. To Actually, totally I can you see. Can that. Work. No, I can
8: see that.
4: You can make that. Work. You can
5: definitely. You the need sweetness of the reduction on a red flame. wine, demi glace. I don't. know. You can, even, can definitely I'm just see that. Reduction, raspberry no. reduction,
2: no. reduction. A raspberry glaze for flamingo. No, no what's top. your favorite food? I see this. My favorite you would. food. Thai sweet chili sauce. I am convinced mm. that if you put that stuff into a bomb, <laughs> and like, no, seriously, because if you think about warfare, it's like you, you use explosives. Like, you have a problem, you blow it up, you destroy it, but. In my experience, virtually anything you put sweet chili sauce on improves. <laughs> if you make bombs that release sweet chili sauce over stuff, you would have world peace. And you would have to give Thailand a Nobel Prize for inventing sweet chili sauce. I'm pretty sure they've gotten a few Nobel Prizes, or at least individuals from well, country, that's like one one the country. Well, they another one now for I want, sauce.
1: Now I want to put sweet chili sauce on world peas.
7: That's uh, a well,
1: no, you don't get to answer now. I'm giving
2: pizza chance. <laughs> no. Oh, thank you. Chris, the we'll
3: saxophone. What wah, 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 wah. Wah. What people may not know about the ways is that we have you you must have x number of terrible puns to be a part of this band.
2: I have all we Well, they got we, we, we submit we submit all forms of punishment. No. Oh. no.
7: <laughs>
1: Excellent.
2: He prepared Lash that. Did <laughs> you hear <knew> about <laughs> the NASA engineer who <laughs> worked so hard he forgot to eat his sandwich? It was failure at a la- lunch. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> um, I think you guys
3: have some more. Oh, wait, you hold no, on. We, uh, lost uh, we lost
2: control.
1: Right, right. Food, oh, it's gone. Food. Yeah. Well, okay. Um, my favorite type of food. I, I guess I've already given away that I love Japan, so I have a, a huge soft spot for Japanese food in general. But. um if I, if, if every day it would be a different answer. I think right now I really have a hankering for haggis.
0: I love haggis. I didn't know anybody actually ate that stuff. No, wow. okay. I, oh, Japan, all right, I need to I to I've never be been to the, the, of the Highlands. I've never had yeah, any. NYC Highlands. In oh, yeah. West? I love it's that wonderful. place. It's wonderful.
4: It's the I only place that I can
1: haggis. get legitimate haggis in New York City. Where is of the reasons brand,
4: Yeah. Uh, well, my dad I just was, went there for the first time about a month ago. It was and one of the most amazing meals of
5: my life. Yeah, haggis from a can isn't good. My dad is a yeah. Scot and he says it's fine. so... I mean,
1: like, the fresh haggis has been amazing. I ha- I'm not sure that I would trust haggis from a
5: can. Let's also be clear. Like, my dad growing up, dessert, dessert, like, ooh, we get a treat, was a spoonful of condensed milk.
7: Uh-huh. So <laughs> <laughs> Oh.
3: So, That's how does one like, right.
1: of is like, you get Don't eat yeah. uh, so that, dog Wait, like wait, sick, no. Like, n- like, spam is a special.
5: John has treat. a question for you. A
4: me. spoonful of condensed um, spam, spam. milk.
5: Yeah, it's Bam sweetened spam. condensed milk.
4: Spons.
5: I don't Use know it if for you've bacon. ever made a pumpkin pie. I've never actually had. I'm like, a fan
4: of evaporated <laughs> milk, personally. Yeah,
5: it's like that. So, it's like, it's basically. <laughs> but how, it's, how
4: can you drink it if it's
0: evaporated? It's add
5: milk. Thick and serving. Rob is officially Get away with out. that! Rob is officially out of here. He is not allowed to make any more puns. I don't out. know
0: that that's gonna stop him. Alex, what's your favorite food? He oh, said bacon. bacon. Oh, bacon. He said bacon. bacon. Oh, he said bacon. Oh, bacon. bacon. Yeah. A classic. Alright. Oh uh, you know a Thai pork belly sandwich though with the He's pretty pretty me.
3: Oh, yeah. sunburned yeah, calf pork belly. Sorry, to mm-hmm. my parents.
2: Now we got a forty-five minute tangent of food.
3: Okay, That's now good. ask us more questions. Thanks,
0: Matt. <laughs>
3: what? Matt, you have you more come up with a better question. Stop the No, Matt. <laughs> Matt, Mr. Storm, <laughs> do you have more questions? Zeta, next,
0: <laughs> I do. Um, well, I, I think that. Stop it. He won't stop. Matt's He's life out.
4: is a pun, apparently. Wait, what? Matt's life is a pun. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, a,
0: of, yeah, apparently. My <laughs> life is a pun. But no um, you said Storm Matt, again. Yeah, comedy. Uh, Dark Lord of all. Shut <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that. Questions. Yes. Um, so, obviously, you guys are very into music, and you talk a lot about the, the you know, how we music has kind of lot. been. Well, yes, you just talk a lot in general, but you talk about the how music's music become music. so is such ingrained in your life for for pretty much all of you. But I imagine there are other things you're into besides music. What other things do you, you kind of do to kind of inspire you that's <laughs> not just music? <laughs> like, clearly music inspires music, but are there any other things you do to well, inspire is, yourself? What Matt is saying oh, is, God. do you have any what's hobbies? What's
5: your other thing? Yeah,
0: what's your other thing?
5: Matt, you know what my other thing is.
0: So Well, I do, but the listeners don't.
5: Um, sorry for the children. Uh, I's a fancy stripper. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Would
5: you like to clarify what you mean by um, that, Yeah. Molly? So I went to school for musical theater, and I just recently, after uh, working for quite a while as a stage kitten, debuted as a burlesque performer uh, with a fantastic company here in the city called Wasabiasco. She's got a standing
0: who your... I also happen to work with as well, but, as I mentioned Storm before. Who again also
5: works for, which is why it's funny, because as, as I said, he... He knows what I also do. Um, And in fact, I actually at some point am going to combine singing and and the fancy stripping. Because I think it's important. But yeah, I think that's actually... (laughs) (laughs) I actually think it's... They're both about music, really, when you get down to it. Because dance is the physical expression of what music is. And... As a burlesque performer, I actually really do like to think of myself as more of a dancer. Um, again, that's just coming from years and years of musical theater training at NYU. So yeah. I keep making the joke that I pulled a Gypsy Rosalie. It's all I got. <laughs> um, that's
4: another 19th century I, element drawn in there. So yeah. call back.
3: I'm a theater producer. Which is weird every time I say it because I, I sit there and wait for it not to be true. But no, it's, it's been like 10 years and it's still true. I work at the 24-hour company and we do, um, we, we put people through hell. It's, it's, a, it's Kamikaze Gorilla Theater and it produces this amazing stuff. We make playwrights write six 10-minute plays overnight, bring in actors that they have written specifically for to rehearse the next day, throw the entire thing up fully produced, that night, so it's been 24 hours meeting to show, and then we all get really drunk because what you need after you have done that or put someone through that is alcohol.
4: So, one question. You also, in fact, got to meet Ben Folds.
3: Ben Ben wrote um,
4: I am so jealous.
1: So oh
3: man. Yeah. Ben wrote a really he wrote a really beautiful music. We're referring
1: to him by first name now. Ben Mr. Folds. Oh Ben Folds. Oh, Fold. The Fold rest Fold of us, theme, I guess. Benny, ben, Mr. Benny ben, I, Benster. Benny <laughs>
7: Benster. So the
3: Benster,
1: Shut the Benster.
3: Up. He okay, so Ben Folds wrote me. a great musical with Jonathan Mark Sherman, aka Sherm. Um I'm not exactly sure who brought Ben Folds on board, but this is the fifth year, I think, that we've done these musicals. And we raise money every year for this group called The Exchange. And um, it's a it's a a sort of artist colony for theater companies to generate new big ideas. And stuff's been on Broadway. International companies have come in. Stuff that's gone to the West End. And, and it starts up. At this one place together, and this gets them their money. And I've totally just rambled now. (laughs) Um, And for the plays, we raise money for Urban Arts Partnership and um, just some really terrific nonprofits. So that's what I do.
0: And so when I mentioned weeks ago that I got to meet Ben Folds and Josh Lawson on the podcast to make John and Steve very jealous, it was because of my beautiful girlfriend, Sarah, who brought me along to the 24-Hour Musicals, which was a fun and wonderful experience. The other you were trying and to say is you yeah.
4: weren't lying. You weren't just pulling our he legs the last few weeks.
3: And, I, and I'm sorry that I rambled so much about that. I love what I do with them so very much. We,
4: we asked you to talk. <laughs> and now you are no longer my favorite person. It's back to... Ben no. Folds. <laughs> well, yeah, that too. <laughs> Mention his Alex, name and Alex we're all... Alex is not
5: talked enough. Mm, Alex, kitty. say what else do you do. Alex should say what else he does. What
4: else do you do? What you Scotch. do, man? Scotch. That's
5: Scotch? True. Alex also builds bicycles.
0: Yeah. Ooh. He works for a bike shop. He has a day job.
5: Yeah, he's, but... He's Alex also
1: professionally like, humble.
5: Yeah, and he's one of those weird people who has a skill of like, and I'm not going to swear, taking stuff, stuff, apart and then putting it back together better which yeah. i don't really understand I've, yeah. I've never had that sort of gift it's I a guy just thing kick things and it falls apart Indeed. the putting it back together part <laughs> doesn't really go so well but yeah <laughs> well you weren't gonna talk about yourself so i had to at least try a little nope.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it is most definitely a guy thing. It started with me with VCRs, which is very much so a lost Did skill now. Did your
5: parents want to kill you?
4: Yeah, um. Not my dad. My dad, in fact, encouraged it. My mother wanted to kill me, Yeah. yeah. V- VCRs were, like, expensive back then. They
1: were. <laughs> they were.
5: Like, I remember and it was a big deal when I bought my mom a DVD player for Christmas. I had to, like, save up for that $200. Mm.
3: You know, and she not have any it's DVDs. a lost skill now
4: i'll never be able to use that
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's over it's all finished that's that, that's Dude. those skills have been replaced by my job skills I know. Oh. Yeah. don't be a afraid right. damn you <laughs>
2: well
7: okay so maybe that's Confound a new man for fancy people well
1: i i uh i work for a professional new york area sporting organization that shall not be named <laughs> um that's my <coughs> day job uh, My life is weird. I do way too many things. My interests are way too broad. Um, I've written a a webcomic. I play in, like I said, five different bands. Um, I do a lot of recording, especially this year, too. Uh, I I play way too many instruments, and that has led to me doing a lot of studio work. Um, I'm doing uh, some clarinet work with a band called Sinfinity. I'm doing some clarinet vocal and guitar work for a band called The Clockwork Dolls. Um, I've started to expand and do a lot of stuff... um, Uh, potentially with a couple of cabaret and um, sideshow acts. Again, a lot of things in the steampunk community, which happens when you end up on stage a lot and people see you doing things, and they're like, oh, there's a guy who plays clarinet. There are, like, two people I know who do that, so maybe I should talk to this guy.
4: You know, it's funny how we made the distinction before between the steampunk crowd and the renaissance crowd when, invariably, each and every one of you are renaissance men and women. (laughs) So, you know.
5: Oh, and so that we get it down for posterity so we can't chicken out. Rob and I are gonna write a musical.
1: Yeah, actually, we've been talking about this for uh, like a couple of weeks. Actually, it's started... to produce.
5: Yeah. Sarah
1: should produce it. No, we were we were actually talking about the fact that um, no one's gonna but, sit well, back drinking heckle. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna be paid good money for it. <laughs> so yeah. I mean, Mo- Molly obviously went to school for yeah. musical theater. Um, when I when I started getting into doing music or performance in general, I started in high school with musical theater. That was where I started. Before I ended up as like a rock musician and doing the kind of things that I do now um, and so it would be amazing to get back on stage and I think you know the kind of work that we do is diverse that it gives us a good background for trying to put something dramatic together I'm really excited about it yeah. you, about, do. You, know? No. you know. oh what? yeah right and then we're also uh, Alex and I <laughs> in one of the many way I'm too cello, many projects Mike. we do and uh, cello Mike the wandering cellist who again also going to be at World's Fair and uh, who both me and Alex friend of the band play with friend of the band We uh, got hired to be the backing band for a rock opera based on um, the band Ludo's EP, loosely based on The Time Traveler by H. The Time Machine by uh, H.G. Wells called Broken Bride. It's happening on June 26th as part of the Ant Festival.
5: You know what freaks me out about uh, The Time Machine by H.G. Wells Hmm. is that it's not written like Mm -hmm. a story, it's written. Like a scientific log almost. It's a history. very sparse, yeah. Uh, mm. You know, descriptive, but it's not very emotional at all. Oof. And I find it fat, I love that it's written that way because it's like someone went there and was like, i'm just taking notes guys Mm -hmm. (laughs) i
2: think it was very much like like a a function of the times i think a lot of like edgar Allan poe and like lovecraft were the same way it's like this idea of like the amateur scientists was very prevalent and you see that in a lot of like horror fiction and science fiction at the time i like it a lot you know
1: it's it's all it's funny too because now i'm thinking about like steampunk literature and it's too good the people who contemporarily are writing steampunk literature don't really go for that writing aesthetic because the prose is usually very much so in the modern
2: do. some of them do i
1: have an, I, I i actually need to be exposed to some more to steampunk literature that's really compelling because that's something that i've never been able to get into because i'm not really down for a lot of pulp i want something that gives me ideas that will will sort of make my gears turn a bit steampunk <laughs> <laughs> <Nice> gears turning <laughs> Yeah, that was, was just sad, Alex. <laughs> that
0: was. That was yeah. try that I couldn't find my Fires. crystal scotch glass to. thing. Three
4: strikes, you're out. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Let's really pour hard, some man. more scotch. A...
5: Any more questions?
4: Yeah. Um, no, I mean no, I think that, no, 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 that was actually no. a fascinating no. conversation to get into. At the Wait. tail end of the podcast, of course. No, sky. Sky. my favorite yeah. hasn't gone no.
2: yet. No.
5: What's the other thing you do No?
2: The other thing I do is fonts. My background is in graphic design. I'm a total font geek. I actually, after getting out, I, uh, I went to Parsons for uh, grad school in design and technology, and I, and I worked for about two years in a type design firm, actually, like, designing fonts and stuff. Everyone. So.
5: The so it's probably your
0: fault you. that in college I had to watch like a two-hour documentary about Helvetica and wanted to stab myself how, in the eye. How do you feel about if comic you wanted Sans to Sans stab
2: MS. yourself yeah. in the eye after Helvetica? There's something wrong with you because it's an amazing documentary. <laughs> wow, <laughs> and Matthew Carter in it—that guy is like a <laughs> god among men. I've heard some niche things in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: have, but hey, until you have met the niche of the font community. <laughs> you have not met an
2: yet. Just, I will say, I don't actually like Helvetica, the font, all that much. I think there there are much better alternatives to it, but that documentary was actually a really great introduction for... I mean, I really enjoyed it as, you know, sort of an insider, but I think it's also a really great intro for people who are not so much into fonts about thinking about it and, like, realizing what goes into it and how much, like, the... You know we we have this idea of of letters as, as sort of this sort of you know platonic ideal of something, but really there there's this very abstract thing that needs to like wear some sort of clothing to be identifiable and like when we get into that and and realize what it does and realize like all the all the semantic triggers and all the all the sort of uh, semiotic triggers that come with font selections and stuff and like that's something you think of as a graphic designer. you realize everything you do everything you do that's visual has associations it triggers associations in people's brain even something Helvetica, which was designed to be like the unfont like the absence of a font like it was designed with a sort of idea of like mid-century swiss modernism which is itself now kind of a theme kind of like a thing that's dated to a certain thing and has associations all these things kind of play into like and, and, and then something really, you know, and, and you find well, that in music, too. If it's were, interesting looking at the it, like, difference between yeah. fonts and music in general, too.
1: Like, when you think about the fact that you're choosing a particular form to communicate these sort of subtextual things. Yeah.
2: Well, uh, I mean, I mean when you're choosing a font, it's kind of like choosing a genre. There's something really instructive that I read. It was um, the real Frank Zappa book which Frank Zappa, you know, wrote kind of dictated to somebody. He was talking about his music thing and he talked about this sort of thing he does about like I forget exactly the name he had for it, but kinda like American vernacular music cues, where he talked about, you know That sounds like something Frank Zappa Certain little things that are like you know, certain sounds or types of music that instantly make us think of vaudeville or reggae or the wild west you know his discography
4: is pretty much a vaudeville act exactly
2: and and there's so many so many musical cues that immediately make us associate with you know you hear like a banjo thing that sounds like you know dukes of hazard or whatever like beverly hillbillies immediately you think of like oh a funny chase scene or whatever right and they're like musical cues that instantly like trigger associations in your brain and he used those he'd like train his bands to know how to do those and like put them in to make his audience think of certain things and you do really the same thing in design be it with through graphics or through your font choices there are definitely font choices where you'd be like okay this is going to make you think of the wild west this is going to make you think of like the 1920s this is going to make you think of the 70s or there are fonts. That literally scream at you. Bom, chicka, bom, bow, you oh, know? you they know, got that like, funk thing going. on. It's kind I of moving well. into this referential
4: uh, era that we're in right now. It's all, yeah. all putting you in different places in the past. I mean, I mean we've come uh, a long way since we're, like the three like typesets sets that were available. Exactly, at the
2: time. we're, we're kind of in this postmodernist era of like everything's been done. So now it's like we we just got either the greatest hits compilation or the remix.
0: And, yeah,
2: and it extends both to font and to music. So,
0: yeah. no it's okay I, want, I, I wanted you to get the ideas out I just didn't this could easily turn into another half hour conversation and each and every like, one of these conversations one. could be yeah. independent uh, well, I'm done you, for mean, now.
1: you mean that we're not going to just keep talking for another two hours no, I can talk don't for, we're not for two no, talk like talk for that. For that. days about fonts not, we're not, not, not really the plan
0: music so we should start wrapping up but you know I want to thank you guys for coming on you thank guys you. have been thank great. You listen to our
2: nonsense. And um, thank
0: you. And we will, uh, we'll definitely have you guys on again. I'm looking forward to hopefully talking thank to you guys you. some more during the weekend at Steampunk World's Fair. And um, you know, I guess we'll
2: let you know about our show at the Waystation and see if you guys could pop in, say hello, stuff like that.
5: Yeah, absolutely. we definitely will.
0: Okay, excellent.
2: And I'll uh, check my schedule, try to pencil you all in. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> thanks. So much. And
5: uh, Noam's a way cooler than the rest of us. John. So it's a direction
2: drunker than the rest of us.
5: And there's also, you know, Lucky. you for podcast listeners, if you want to come out and you like what you hear in terms of our music, you can check us out at the Station. You can like us on Facebook. We're the Wasties. W A Y S T I E S. Oh, God. I had to think about it that way too hard. Too many beers. Mm-hmm. Well, well you
1: can, of course, true, right? you know, individually stalk us and leave us creepy messages. Yeah. That's also fun.
0: That's my favorite. No poking on Facebook. Yeah, None of it.
1: creepy. But no poking. Stalking, no. yes.
2: Poking, poking. No. no. You, you can poke sure. Panlis
0: Parker on Facebook. But, yeah, you, you poke him about. all you want, but poking for the rest of us is frowned upon. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you guys, <laughs> and, and we really appreciate you guys having being on the podcast. It means a lot to me, also, to have you guys on as one of our first full band guests. So, thank you for that. I was engaged in many interesting conversations tonight, which I wish
4: could have been fulfilled to their full uh, potential.
0: I have a nose. I'll screen. give you their phone numbers. Yes. I have a just, I have nose lead from the information overload right now. <laughs> okay, um, but to in First closing, um, I guess I'll just go with the sign out. No, music, music is, is live. Wait, 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 wait! Life is not over yet. What's happening next week? Oh, next week we have another guest on the podcast. Thank you, John. You're welcome. I, I did something good. On. Yeah, um, Kita St. Cyr of, of Burlesque fame is going to be joining us on the podcast. I don't, she hasn't sent me what album she wants to review yet, but we'll hopefully have that on the side. Should I do oh, our spam mail? Oh, you, I didn't know you had a spam mail this week. I do have a so, spam mail. He said
4: it right. He said it
0: right. <laughs> so, yeah, um, Steve has uh, compiled a spam mail to read real briefly before we sign out. So go ahead, Steve.
4: <clears throat> the barman grunted. Harry approached him, looking up into the face trying to see past the long, stringy, wire-grey-haired beard. He wore spectacles. Behind the dirty lenses, the eyes were a piercing, brilliant blue. Posh air. Jordan.
0: That really ended up on our site? <laughs> How the hell? That is awesome. You answer him back, and you say send more. Posh Air Jordan. <laughs> I can't believe that was actually on our site. Well... Oh, God. So now I'm going to
1: start leaving all kinds of comments for you. Feel free.
4: We will read them.
1: And pascher
0: means cheap. Do you see know, pascher is cheap. I, 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 I understand. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Thank Live you with non-French. All right. Well,
1: We're done with your tawdry comments.
0: Yes. <laughs> Let's let us, let us wrap and now do the closing proper, now that John has interrupted us the first time. You're welcome. Music <laughs> is life, life, and life is good.
3: good.